Hey folks, we're back. You know, the nice thing about this is every once in a while you get the opportunity to interview great people. Truly amazing individuals, right, Mike? I mean, we haven't done an interview on the show yet, correct? No, not yet. I mean, you're not interviewing me, even though I thought you were talking about me right now. No, 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 no. But the important thing is when you interview people, you want to talk to people who are in the biz, who know what they're talking about, who are truly gifted athletes. And when you can't find those, then you go straight to this young man over here. That would be one Douglas James. Uh, he has paid me to say this. I don't know if I agree with it, but the copy reads pound for bound, the best athlete around. Douglas, why do you call yourself that? Because I am the pound for pound best athlete around. You know, I'm not the biggest guy. Uh, I'm not the smallest guy, but I'm the best guy. You know what I mean? And I'm the pound for pound best athlete around. I can do things that nobody else can. Okay, that's good. I'm glad that that's something that you tell yourself every night before bed. But... <laughs> every, every day in the mirror. Every day in the mirror. Just like when you tell yourself in the mirror how funny you are. You know, it's the same thing. Hey, don't compare the two. <laughs> One of us gets paid a lot of money to be funny, while the other one. Does your nickname change when you go to? Does a nickname change when you go to Europe? Is it like Stone for Stone, the baddest athlete to the bone? I mean, how do they get weight in Europe? I think I think that's gonna have to happen. You know, you got to think internationally, man. You can't just be know, thinking what right. works in El Monte in East LA over here, dude. West Covina. And West Covina, yeah, I can't be a pound-for-pound best West Covina athlete around. That doesn't really work. Because, <laughs> Doug, here's the thing, and you and I know each other. We, we joke around a lot, but I do see that you get yeah. hassled a lot for pound-for-pound pound best athlete around. For example, on yeah. your own Facebook this week, you were called fat, which I guess to somebody like me, it doesn't really make any sense. Like, I don't give a shit if somebody calls me fat. But if you actually yeah. work hard and you're in the gym constantly – Getting called fat by other wrestlers has to be somewhat of a, an insult. But then they take that one step further by calling you the pound-for-pound pound fattest athlete around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I would take more offense to it if it was from guys that were in shape, you know? <laughs> and most of the time, it's like these like skinny, fat, penguin-looking dudes uh, telling me that I'm fat. But I don't really care that much. Uh, yeah, I had a time, though, in November where I ate pizza almost every day, living the gimmick, and definitely put on some weight. So they don't want to That's something there. I noticed on your Twitter a lot, too. I was doing some research, and I saw that you love pizza. What's up with that? I don't know. Who doesn't love pizza? That's, that's my question, you know? It's, uh, <laughs> I think we're, we're, I, I don't even know how it started. It's just become this thing now. But, like, I used to always eat pizza after I would, like, cut weight, uh, for jiu-jitsu or MMA or whatever, that was like my thing. So I just think it was always like my big cheat, feel-good meal. And uh, yeah, I just, I love it. I mean, you're not wrong in saying like, who doesn't love pizza because that's a thing. But yeah, who makes it their gimmick? Because is that or is that not your finishing move? It is. The, the pizza cutter... I have the deep dish. Oh I got mozzarella stick. Oh, my God. So there's a lot in the arsenal. There's a lot in the arsenal. There's thin crust. I got the thin crust. So there, I know, mean, there is a wrestler that goes by the name of Cheeseburger. So, I mean, he's not that far off. There is Cheeseburger. There is yeah. one. I think, <laughs> I think pizza, pizza gear is next, you know? You know I'm going to have some pepperoni slices all over my butt. I just, again, I, I like, because I am intrigued, have you gotten shit for calling it a pizza cutter or for loving pizza so much? No, nobody, actually, that's like the one thing I don't get shit about, because everybody just respects pizza so much. I just, <laughs> I just there's a lot of respect for that pizza. Wow. And, and, would, you do, know, would you want the they, crowd to throw pizza at you? I will. I want. I don't want them to throw pizza at me. I want them to bring me pizza, though. <laughs> so I don't know if it'll be laced or some shit. So we'll yeah. see. But I, I had at the last show they had they were chanting pizza at me, and I was like the happiest. I could have retired then. That was the <laughs> well, obviously you shouldn't be retiring. You were just named uh, SoCal's Rookie of the Year, which congratulations. Uh, I voted for the other guys. Of course. Literally every other person on there, I went and I voted. 
um, just because I was like, it cannot be Douglas. But you ended up winning despite all of that. You know, we will get to talking about how that felt. But I, I really do want to know this because you and I crossed paths because you were doing jujitsu at a certain time and you were mm-hmm. doing a lot more like MMA fighting, you know. So you have the weird yeah. dichotomy of being in both worlds. So yeah. that means that you had two separate dreams. How did that really come to life for you? Like, where did the MMA side come from and where did the pro wrestler side come from? Yeah, it, that's an interesting question. Yeah, so I've always been uh, a pro wrestling fan for since I was, you know, 10 years old, even probably younger. But uh, I always wanted to be a professional wrestler, but I was always a small guy. So I always kind of never really thought it was something that could happen or, you know, always thought I needed to be bigger and, and whatever. And I played a lot of sports growing up and then I, you know, wrestled in high school and after high school, it was just like a natural progression to get into jujitsu and competing again and stuff like that. And I always in the back of my mind wanted to be a pro wrestler and wanted to do it, but maybe I just didn't believe that I could do it. And, you know, MMA and jujitsu all just kind of snowballed together and I got into it really quickly. And, um, but doing it, I always, I think, had my heart somewhere else. Like as, as much as I was into it, I think I was, just really wanted to be a wrestler and I got to a point um I guess it was like two years ago or so where I had two summers in a row where I trained all summer for a fight and the fight got canceled and I was just like I'm so over this I don't want to do this anymore and you know I'm not getting any younger so like the time is now and uh had to you know train and be a wrestler so I just, I really just couldn't wait anymore. Um, and you know, you really have to just follow your passions and your dreams. And I thought it would be something where I wasn't sure how people would take to it, how my friends would take to it or my old teammates and stuff or coaches. And everybody's been incredibly supportive and it's been an amazing ride so far. Was it akin to you coming out? Was it you like going to all of your friends and family and being like, guys, um, I have uh, something I want to tell you all. And they're like, oh, my God, we knew you were gay. <laughs> and they're like, no, uh, no, I'm going to be a professional wrestler. Oh, Jesus, could you be gay? <sighs> Is that what happened when you talked to your family about starting a podcast? They thought I was about to say, gay. what's worse? Tell them a pro wrestler that you're an aspiring stand-up comedian. <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, woo. I'm just saying here, I think we could exchange receipts to figure out who's been paid more for their career than the other person here. Just to I figure am, out. Yeah. I've also had more people listen to just any one of my podcasts than have watched one of your matches. But, hey, who's counting? Doug, ooh, here's the thing. Ooh, I don't know. We'll see. You we'll don't see know? That. That's fine. You can go ahead and double check those numbers as well. But, you know, <laughs> the important thing is here, when you tell your friends and family that you want to be a pro wrestler, like, what is their reaction? Because I know in most families, it's like job stability. Uh, man, we really want you to yeah. do something cool. Why can't you just be a wrestling coach or something like that, you know? Yeah, it's um, a lot like that. Well, I, I forgot to mention, though, before I moved out to California, I, I trained wrestling for a couple months and had, like, a couple matches, but nothing really serious. And, and then so then I got back into it out here. But, you know, like... My family didn't like that I did MMA to begin with. So for me to go into pro wrestling, they were actually happier that I was doing it because I wasn't getting like punched in the face over and over and over again and elbowed in the face. But I think they thought they didn't realize the pro wrestling is extremely physical and it hurts. But I don't think my family really realized that. So for me, it was, it was kind of like a no brainer. They all knew how much of a wrestling fan I am and, yeah, they were supportive, but it's all about, you know, job stability and not getting hurt and longevity and things like that. But. Yeah, I'm sure once they saw that photo of you from this past weekend where you're split open in the head, uh, you know. Oh, let me tell you about that. My aunt called my mom. My mom texted me like three times. My dad called me. It was crazy. But, you know, wrestling. I don't know. Accidents happen, but it's a lot easier than having somebody try to kill you every time you go to work. Yeah, that's true. I got hit in the head with a steel chair. It's kind of, you know, just your, your average Saturday. Have you ever checked out during a match? Checked out? Yeah, I got knocked out, went tunnel. 
No, no, never, no, never been knocked out. I've, I got a concussion once. Um, I got a concussion once in like, I mean, I'm in the beginning of my career anyway, but one of like my first couple matches, I got uh, kicked really hard in the head and <laughs> couldn't dri- and couldn't drive home. So but oh, wow. that's it. So far, so good. Um, yeah, I, you know, I'm always beat up. Something always hurts, but so far, so good. I just. The worst is like after matches, like I wake up and I feel really old and I'm, I'm hurt. Well, it seems like you've, your career has been pretty fast track, considering you say you've only been in it for what two years, and you're already the so-called um, leader. Yeah, I, I started training out here in like October of 2014, and had my first match out here in April of last year. So it's been like I've been wrestling on the scene for like a little over a year. So. It's been a crazy ride so far. I've been just getting really good opportunities. I've had a lot of people that have been really helping me out, and especially training at Santino Bros Wrestling Academy. It's really uh, helped launch my career. And I want to get back to Santino Brothers in a second, but I do have to ask you this because I'm a jiu-jitsu guy. So there's a lot of... Not a very good jiu-jitsu guy, but you're a jiu-jitsu guy. (laughs) That's actually 100% fact, so that's fine. The important thing to understand about that, though, is... Did you ever, because if you're a fighter, there is inherently a showman to it. You know, there, there is that style where you have to be a performer a little bit. When you were doing the jiu-jitsu, though, especially doing the 10th Planet style, did you find yourself yeah. ever doing the moves? Or even when you were in wrestling? Because I do notice that there are a lot of wrestlers who don't necessarily enjoy pro wrestling or say that they don't. So... Were you always trying to do those moves when you were doing jiu-jitsu or wrestling? Yeah, I mean, like, every time I would do, like, an Uma Plata, I would always start trying to grab the face to get a cross face and things like that. And, you know, I, I would do, like, a lot of a little... I, wasn't, I wouldn't say I was a big showman, but I would just do things like, you know, make hand gestures to the crowds or, like, cartwheels and stuff. And, I don't know, just being a little ridiculous, but... I just kind of like always wanted to have entrance music for every jiu-jitsu tournament. You know, that was like the one thing I wanted. <laughs> I am working on I that, dude. Just give me some yeah. time. That that will happen. I promise you. And we're not talking the Metamorous drums that like you walk into and it sounds like no. coming to America. We're talking people deserve entrance music because that's what gets the crowd pumped. Like it's part of the yeah, show. That's the first. That's the first thing. The you know that's the the mm-hmm. your first you know your first impression on the person that comes out. So. I think entrance music is huge, but, um, yeah, I, I just always wanted to, to be a wrestler, and I just think it just took me a little bit longer than, than it should have, but it happened. Look, it worked out. I'm a waiter, and I feel that I deserve entrance music when I walk into my place. <laughs> so I, I agree. Feel, I mean, you're, closer, you're a lot closer to that than I am, and I feel that's what's missing from MMA anyway. That's why Tito Ortiz was so good at what he did. He promoted himself to that kind of characteristic, but on that note, I kind of feel, isn't that what's kind of going on in wrestling? They're trying to kind of implement that kind of style because MMA has kind of taken such a hold on the masses that they kind of want to reel it up to those. Yeah, I think, you know, with, you know, MMA and and especially like the UFC being just so popular that people know that certain holds don't hurt, you know, that there are certain moves that people do in pro wrestling that, that just don't look like they hurt and people know that. So yeah, people try to, you know, with, whether it's with, you know, different kinds of chokes, you know, now people are doing like guillotine chokes and triangles and arm bars and flying arm bars. And, you know, and then, and then with like striking, you know, people are, are doing more kicks and elbows and maybe like spinning back fists and stuff. And yeah, I, I think MMA has helped, uh, evolve pro wrestling. Um, they're two totally different things, but I think they have a lot of similarities. So. Do you find that with the audience, is there a reaction with that? Because I'm intrigued about that just as a performer, because you get audience intel every match you do. So mm-hmm. there's a reaction. Do you find that people are now maybe as audience members becoming more accepting of it? Or is there maybe still some resistance? Because I think that's the perception of why you see the dubs not necessarily allow chokes quote-unquote as finishers or that it's it's too real you know so 
what is your experience just in terms of when you are, say, putting a triangle choke on? Is there a crowd pop or are they still confused or are they smart? I don't know. You tell me. It, 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 it depends. It, it's definitely not a very cut and dry thing. You know, it depends on where the show is, what kind of crowd it is, um, and like how the match is going. I've seen matches that have been really good and they're really good, you know, submission based hard-hitting matches, and the crowd is just not into it. They just, mm. you know, it's just, they just don't, they can't comprehend it, you know, maybe because they're not MMA fans and stuff. But, you know, I wrestle on this, on this one promotion called Premier in uh, Northern California, and it's very much like a, a respectful, they love the art of fighting, and they, they love that kind of style. Like the MMA like a Japanese deal. style. Yeah, so they like, they're, they're into it, and you can do stuff like, you can have a whole match based off triangles, you know, and they would be into it. But then you go to other places and they just want to see her Karanas and and all that stuff. So it, it really just it depends on, on on the crowd itself because a lot of the crowd are like their kids they're not gonna get it and then um or for the most part and then a lot of them are just wrestling fans. They're die hard wrestling independent wrestling fans. So you never know. What's been the best crowd that you've had, and where was it? Uh, that's a good question. I would say the best crowd, well, the most fun that I had was, like, my first match. Uh, we did it at this <laughs> Huntington, in Huntington Park, yeah. uh, at this, like, Mexican festival. Yeah. And it was great. I had, like, a, I had, like, a WrestleMania three entrance that I got, like, pulled in, like, a golf cart. <laughs> God damn it! Did I just did I just bring that up the other day? No, listen, I don't mean to cut you off. My cousin did. He's an architect. He did work on Hulk Hogan's driveway, and I said, "Did you have to take the motorized <laughs> ring to his?" House? There you are. Oh yeah, it was great. I did that. I was like taking selfies with like people while I'm riding down and stuff, and um, I was a heel. I was a heel in the during the show, and so I just had a lot of fun. Like. I, you know, I got booed like crazy. I lost a match, and then I came out and, like, challenged anybody in the back because I wanted, you know, another fight. And then, like, the, the biggest guy came out and beat the shit out of me. And <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Um, but also, I, I would say the last um, the last FCW show where I wrestled Danny Limelight, um, the crowd was great. It was, like, 450 people. And they were really loud and just really into it. That was, That's a, that was a very good match. You... Yeah. Man, I mean, the, the thing I really love about it, and I don't know if, Mike, you noticed this detail at the end, but there was one person who was super invested in you, in the crowd. Who, Olga? Yeah. Olga was not impressed. Mm-hmm. And, but the beauty of it is, I just love when you got pinned, and the reaction on their face was just magic. And yeah. I look at that, and I think to myself, I'm like, you know... The best thing about it is they always say, you know, you may not always get the favorable impression every single time you react, but if you get an impression, you're doing something right. If you go home and you see that footage and you see that reaction, it's got to feel good to be able to like make someone like that, that level of interested in what's going on with you. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about. It's an, it's an art form, you know, and I'm out there and I'm, I'm trying to create art, but I create it through violence, you know? And, um, it, it was an amazing night. It was just, we just clicked and there was, there was magic out there. And yeah, it's, it's an unbelievable feeling. I mean, I know I was getting pinned and that always sucks, but when I'm like laying my back on the mat and I can just hear everybody just hitting mm. the ring, it was, and my, my body's like vibrating. It was a, it was a gnarly experience. It was awesome. Body's vibrating? Well, cause like I'm laying on the mat and they're just banging on the mat. So I'm just like shaking. I mean, that was cool. Mm. List of terms not to get used to saying. Number one. Hey, Doug, I have to ask this too because <laughs> we'll come back to that in a second because I do want to ask more about, you know, the ring psychology and stuff that you're learning from there. But I think that we kind of glossed over your introduction to Santino Brothers because I'll tell you why I thought when you told me you were going to be doing pro wrestling, I'm a right. huge proponent of that because. You know, I like somebody like you who is a student of the game, who really, really appreciates it and loves it to get their chance and to do their thing. But one of the things I always saw from you in jiu-jitsu 
is that you had a very highly athletic style that was kind of stifled. Like in jiu-jitsu, you can pull guard, you can get a takedown, and then you got to work on the ground from there. But all right. I could think about was if you're doing cartwheels and all this other shit, what don't you want to be jumping off of? Yeah, I want to be jumping off of everything, let me tell you. Um, but do you want to get into Santino Bros, or what's up? Yeah, so you had trained a little bit out in New Jersey, uh, which, by the way, explains yeah. your garbage human being and all that other stuff. But when you get over to Santino <laughs> Brothers... Sleazy, dirty human being that I am. Dude, to be very fair, we have a mutual friend who basically said, like, oh, that guy's amazing. The Jersey Warrior or something like that. And I was like, Jersey Warrior? <laughs> Does that mean he fights in a garbage pail that he lives in? I don't know what that means. Anyway. So, for sure, you tell people you're from New York. Yeah, you, absolutely. You, you told somebody you're from New York before, <laughs> yeah. for sure. You have. I say I'm, I say I'm right outside New York. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's exactly what I said. You you get this opportunity to work over at Santino Brothers. You you found this yeah. place. What was it that made it appeal to you? Did you try it out first before really uh, settling on it, or were they coming highly recommended? Like, how does that process go? Because I don't know yeah, what the fuck that it, goes through. Yeah, I didn't know either. You know, I didn't know either. I just you know I googled uh, pro wrestling schools in Los Angeles or Southern California, whatever I did, and looked at some of them and. Um, I really liked that Santino Bros had shows. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really important, that, that they were running shows and everything like that. And um, I don't know. I guess I just like the website. I like the videos. And um, I called them. I called them and I went. Um, I, yeah, I called them and I went and I just saw a class. I went and just like saw a class and kind of signed up. And then I said I'd be back on like a Saturday morning. And I was like, I'll be back, you know, whatever it was, Monday night and came and like jumped right into like i didn't i never started as like a beginner mm-hmm. like i never had like i i never had like a beginner's course like i i was immediately like in like advanced classes and stuff like right away and um so it just made me just want to be there even more and uh i, I couldn't have picked a better school um there's other good schools out there too but there's nothing like i i don't feel like there's nothing like santino bros and how they prepare you for the business and just the training that's involved and the people that are involved are just amazing. And, you know, I just, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't put them over enough on how great they are. It's uh, yeah, it changed my life. That's cool. So it's pretty great. Here's a fun fact. Um, EWF. EWF. Yeah, that's a good school. They produce uh, people a little bit. I think a little bit further from my house at the time now, cause it's in San Bernardino and, Santino Bros. in Bell Gardens. I think it was like also geographically a little closer. Um, but a I'm funny related. story about how. Uh, sorry, I'm related, to, Jess- I'm related to Jesse. Are you? Yeah. Fun, that was my fun fact for that. I didn't mean to cut you off abruptly four times. No, it's cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's Jesse, related Jesse's on my guy. grandmother's side. And uh, I saw him at a PWG show and he. He didn't really remember me, but he instantly put over like all the members of my family. And so when I found that you wrestled for EWF. I was like, yeah, of course. Yeah, he's a he's a good he's a good guy. He's a good, EWF's a great place too, and there's a lot of great people that are coming out of uh, EWF, and they run a great show. I hey, Mike, you don't have to worry about cutting off Doug because uh, life cuts him off pretty regularly, so he's kind of used to. Gravity cuts me off when I'm short. Gravity <laughs> cuts you off, as you were uh, saying, uh, sir. Uh, I was just saying, it's, it's, uh, I've said this before, but it's a, it's a funny story was that, you know, I was like working a job where I wasn't making much money and I didn't have, you know, that much money saved or whatever. And I, uh, won, uh, I won $200 on a $2 scratch off and, and I needed $200 to sign up for Santino Bros. So I took that money and signed up to wrestling like the next day. So pretty, That's right. uh, pretty yeah, it was awesome. I hope that's going to become that your really version cool, of yeah. the rock story where you had right. seven bucks in your pocket. Seven bucks? Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm going to call gonna my tweet. friend. After this interview, he's going to tweet for sure from $2 to the rookie of the year. Like, yeah. for sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> oh, get a $2 bill. Scratching. Get a $2 bill and put your picture on it. Just scratching off success. You know, that's what I do. Scratching oh, off yeah, success. Like make a scratcher and that's Photoshop really your, you're the prize off the scratcher. You know, you're all scratched through and it's just a picture of you doing the Fandango. 
Speaking of which, <laughs> let's take a moment for this because you put this photo up and I'm all for wrestlers putting up photos that they can go ahead and get, you know, people excited about. But you put one up in particular that I knew for sure that you even knew. <sighs> okay. Internet, do what you do. And I couldn't tell if I was just in an awe or in admiration of how much bravery it took to put a photo of you doing a jumping knee with both of your arms down like you were either part of the Sharks and the Jets <laughs> for West Side Story and you let the internet take over. Yeah. And I looked like I had the blue seal on my face. <laughs> or Magnum. There's more Magnum because it was a flying name. It's, it's more true. Magnum. It's true. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but Mike, what was your response to that photo? My response? <laughs> I, I thought it's, wow. I mean, yeah, that's really advanced. That's really advanced. Because <laughs> when we look at it, I mean, you, you can't help but laugh. And then you have the internet take its course. And credit to these wrestlers who I didn't know had Photoshop skills, so... I was quite impressed, and I, I had one ready to go, and then I saw them, and I saw somebody put you in Thriller, I saw somebody put you in uh, as Savio Vega of Street Fighter Two. Like it's, that was pretty good. They were yeah, all that one, so that one good. put me that one put me over the edge right there. This, this <laughs> <laughs> but when you put up stuff like yeah, that, th it does bring up something that I've noticed, which is this. Maybe this is different for modern wrestlers. But you're not just dangerous Douglas James in the wrestling ring. Now it's on social media. Now it's everywhere. You are this guy forever. So you're not just getting yeah. shit from people when you're going to live shows. You've now got people who are giving you shit on your, your Facebook. Myself included, but mine are funny. All the time. It's yeah. just... When I see that Bam. happening with you, I just look at that and I'm thinking to myself, does that ever get tiring? Uh, no, I, I, I think it's funny. I enjoy it. I, uh, I don't take myself too seriously. A lot of times I'll post something thinking it's going to be worse than it actually is. Um, yeah, I, you know, I guess I kind of feed the trolls a little bit. And uh, that's, all, I guess, my own, you know, cross to bear, but... Yeah, I mean, I how hard is it? it's fun. It entertains me, and yeah, I get a good. Laugh how hard is it to separate? I mean, when's the, when's the last time you cut a promo on somebody in public? <laughs> at work all the time. <laughs> yeah, at your real job or at your wrestling work? <laughs> well, at wrestling, of course, but you know that that shoot job, brother. So. <laughs> 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 I'm always going to refer to my job now as my shoot job. Absolutely. So confused. That's what you have to do. That's what you have to do. It's the shoot job. Brother. <laughs> so you, you mentioned this, and I like this about what you're talking about, because the nice part about Doug is, Doug, because you're a student of the game, I know I can talk shop with you. So if I get really hype on a match, I usually send you a note, and I'm like, you, dude, what'd you think? Yeah. And you usually have very similar opinions to me, which is nice, because... Um, it shows that you're still a fan even as you're starting to make these strides for your own career. And I, I just love how now you're watching it. What has changed for you watching things now? Like, what are things that you're looking out for as both fan and practitioner? Okay, so I am definitely still a fan, and I hope it happens, but I plan on being a fan my whole life. You know, there are a lot of wrestlers that aren't fans, really, or they kind of put it down. And I don't get that. I, cause I come from the MMA background and stuff where everybody's a big UFC fan, watches all the fights and goes to the fights and stuff. And so I don't understand. I just don't get not being a fan. Um, cause you have to watch, watch it to be, to know what's out there as well. But I, uh, I watch it for, I, I guess I like have a, a better appreciation for what they're doing. Number one, I have the utmost respect for all of them. So I don't like trash wrestlers. I'm not like, this guy sucks. Like blah, 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 blah. You know, if, he, if I don't think he's very good, maybe there's like a reason he's not good. Instead of it being like, I just don't enjoy the match. It's like, now it's maybe I don't, I don't think he's very good because his footwork sucks or his spacing sucks or his timing's awful 
or he's just, you know, trying to be a cool heel or something like that. You know, I, I, I love watching matches and like picking it apart of how they put the match together. Um, the, the story, the story arc of a match of a really good match the build in it. Uh, so I watch it for all different things. Or sometimes, you know, like if there's a WWE pay-per-view, like extreme rules, for instance, you know, I just watched it as a fan. I wasn't trying to like pick things apart. I was just watching it, like loving it, you know, and just having a good time. I just, uh, I try to separate it sometimes because I still want to enjoy it. You know, I love wrestling. and um, But, yeah, I watch it for, like, two different – I watch it as a fan, and I also try to break it down and, you know, steal things and all that good stuff. So, Are you more influenced by the guys that are doing the MMA stuff? Like, my first question was, does Brock, Brock Lesnar become your, you know, go-to guy for being an influence just because of that kind of breach? And I also asked Raph if, I, if you know who Matt Riddle was because he was a pretty prominent yeah, MMA guy. Right, because yeah, he's pretty really. he's pretty high up and evolved right now. The whole catch point style. So, do those wrestlers influence you, yeah. or do you kind of are you more influenced by traditional wrestling? I um, they, you know what, don't influence me as much as maybe you would think because of the MMA background. Brock Lesnar being one because he's just such a massive man that like his style is just going to be very different than like my style for more or less. You I mean, would say you're not anybody, doing nineteen suplexes in a row. Only seventeen. Oh you know? well, that's but, where you fall short. I know. Well, I'm always. I'm just short, talking but, about the uh, hybrid of that success, right? I mean, <laughs> but but I would. I, I mean, they influenced me. I think the one that influenced me the most would be like Ken Shamrock. Uh, you know, he was the pioneer of doing it, really. And um, yeah, I just I don't know, but I, I think seeing guys like Brock Lesnar like bounce back and forth and stuff like that just always motivated me and you know helped me believe that I can do this for real and yeah so poor Dan Severn poor Dan yeah poor Dan I mean come on. great I mustache know. but yeah <laughs> I was a, I was a Ken Shamrock fan so. <laughs> I have to ask you this because I'm I'm intrigued to hear your answers because a lot of people have their their answers that they have answers to these questions when they're a kid and they have answers to them now. And I wonder if this change, but what's the best match you've seen of all time? Like, where is the match for you? And has it changed since you were a kid? Question. Yeah, I was, I mean, I think my, my favorite match as a kid was, uh, Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart at WrestleMania 12. That was like my favorite match. I remember where I was, when I watched it, the whole deal. I remember where I was. I I was there. Oh, sick. That's (laughs) awesome. I was not. I was on my couch. uh, (laughs) How old are you, like seven? (laughs) I was in like third grade or something like that. Yeah. Not too far off there, Mike, but... I'm going to gamble. Yeah. I feel the interesting thing about that is, and uh, the, the main joke that myself and Doug have about this is because he's retired now and he's doing this wrestling thing, he won't roll jujitsu anymore. Cause uh, ow. Um, so because of that, I've always been like, Doug, when we train, we have to do an hour long match. Can I do an hour long match? No, but no. will I 100% pay tribute to Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart? You better believe that fucking shit because it'll just, like, be, it'll just be all be downplayed it. All, but yeah, I mean that's like my favorite match as a kid. Probably almost my favorite match now. But my all time, I guess. I don't know favorite match all time number one. I mean Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker WrestleMania 25 was pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, I was like as close to perfect as you can get. Yeah. So, especially from people who are that late in the game, like. I think that's the best part about those two performers in particular is that people would just write them off and you wouldn't expect them. You expect the younger guys to go steal the show. And yet you had two elder statesmen who put on a dynamic show, not just from a storytelling angle, but from an actual physical angle. And after that, I was just like, we're good on Undertaker. You know, everything else we get is just kind of icing on the cake, but we're we're good here. That's how we met. Right. Yeah, it's true. We met at the 26. Yeah. You remember that, babe? Oh, nice. Yep. That was where uh, myself and uh, Mike, some background for you, Doug. Uh, Mike and I immediately uh, were cool because we were making fun of all of the kids around us. 
they happened to put <laughs> the worst people near each other. And I was just nervous at the time being like, shit, I'm going to be drinking and I don't know if they're going to put some assholes around me who have my sense of humor. And lo and behold, they did. So uh, we, we were mocking the crowd the entire time, which I'm sure is uh, something you're quite used to. So if that's the case, if that's greatest of all time, maybe we can get into talking a little bit about some modern stuff because, you know, what's the best match you've seen within the past year? I'm interested in this because there are so many different organizations now uh, and, and even that you're competing on the indie circuit. So what is the best match you've seen this year? Uh, probably my last match. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the, uh, one of them was definitely the, uh, Nakamura versus Sami Zayn match was also incredible. Was really good. Uh, somebody told me that was not a five-star match. One of the people who listened to our show said that was not a five-star match. Was that? They they should put their drugs down. (laughs) Calm down. The match was great. The match was phenomenal. Yeah, it was very good. I already um, went off on the half-star yeah, point. The, the, it was WrestleMania weekend. There was a whole vibe around it. That's why you give it the half of the star and the four and a half. It has to be a five-star match because of the timing of it, period. Yeah, it, it, I thought it was really good. And then also uh, the uh, Ricochet-Osprey match that just happened. So I think those matches were probably the two best matches I've seen in a long time. Or, or also the uh, Sami Zayn-Neville uh, match. Mm-hmm. That happened, uh, TakeOver, that was really good. That was awesome. Uh, Let me ask you this. uh, So, uh, what is it about those matches that make them, like, what is the X factor for you in those matches? Because I know Mike's got some for you on that Ricochet match, because Mike has been on a tear on that. And and I don't disagree with him, but I want to hear what that X factor is for you. It's hard to say. The X factor is really just the magic you know, that happens. This is chemistry. There's just this organic feel to the match. Uh, everybody's hitting things perfectly, or if it's not so perfect, they make it look perfect. And there's just, uh, there's just something you, you can't, like, teach, really, and it just happens out there. And I think those matches, it just happened, you know, and uh, they're incredible. Do you feel like the last match you had... <clears throat> was the closest you're going to get to that? I mean, is that your guy that you want to go up and down the country, a.k.a. Kevin Owens and El Generico, and, you know, take that that match on the road? Or have you found that yet? Uh, um, I have a couple people that I, I could see myself having awesome matches with. There's Danny Limelight, who I wrestled at FCW, um, who's very good. And also uh, Adrian Quest. I wrestled him at EWF. He's, this kid is like... He's like 20 years old or something like that, but he's been wrestling since he was 11. Uh, he was incredible. So all different guys. I would like to just take any match all, all over the country. I think I, I know all over the world, and I think I can make a good match with anybody, really. So, Who's your dream opponent? Good question. It was Daniel Bryan. Brian Danielson was my dream opponent. Um, but unfortunately, that would never happen. I do like the idea of you saying like, yeah, yeah, it could happen. Yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna pull him aside and be like, your neck's cool, right? Yeah, you're good, right? Your head's fine. You're not gonna have seizures, right? You're good. But um, I don't know. I think maybe right now I would love to have a match with, you know, guys in the WWE, guys like Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and especially uh, Finn Balor. I really, I'm a big fan of him, and I, you remind I me of Finn Balor. Prince, I was a huge Prince Devitt fan, and. So, you have a Finn Balor thing going on. I was joking with Raph that when you first came out, my first impression was, is he Finn Aries or Austin Balor? <laughs> nice. Yeah, I mean, pretty accurate, I guess. You do, so. but you do have, the more I looked into it, you do come, you do have a Finn Balor thing going on. That, that, that's, a, that's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing, I guess. It's, it, it could be worse. I got called, I got called, but I looked like I, what was it? It looked like Dolph Ziggler fucked Fandango and came with me. Somebody, somebody said that to me. But that's better. I'd rather that than that. It's not far off from Tyler Bruno. At least it's current. I love that that's what happens during your downtime. It's like, hey, who does this fucking guy look like? Who fucked to make this guy? <laughs> oh, <I'm trying. laughs> 
Yeah, it's a true story though. Somebody said that. That's really funny though. So yeah. Tell us this, you know, Doug. You know, uh, you've got something coming up. I think next week it's uh, in San Diego. It's for FCW. You are going up. You are the rookie of the year, but you're going up against the wrestler of the year. That's going down uh, June 18th, next Saturday. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's an amazing opportunity. Uh, FCW, Finest City Wrestling, in Imperial Beach in San Diego. Um, an amazing show. I, I uh, you know, I get a chance to to beat the champ. I get a chance to show um, all the fans and everybody, and especially a guy like B Boy. I get to show him that you know, not only can I keep up, but he's got to keep up with me, and that you know, I'm not just a rookie anymore, and I belong here, and that you know, I am the best in the West right now, and this is not you know, a game and I'm here to show what I'm really capable of. So, so, you know, next Saturday, June 18th, I'm going to kick the shit out of D boy and I'm going to take his title. Is that on the line? Is there a title on the line? It's for the championship. Damn yeah. son. Awesome. For the wow. Heavyweight, heavyweight championship. So, you know, I'm going to go in there and, you know, I, uh, I respect him. He's, you know, he's been around for a while and, Nah, that's SoCal where, that's where so- you make the air. You don't need to respect him. Yeah, he's, no, he's a SoCal legend, and you know he. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a pass. Let me tell you, but you know, I'm. I, I'm ready. I'm ready. I love the dichotomy you're saying. I'm gonna kick your fucking ass, b boy, yeah. but I respect you. Uh, you know, if I didn't respect him, I wouldn't say that. You know. What I mean? <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> that's uh, still an interesting oh, dichotomy. Well, that's a big match, and I want to know. I really want to know. I'm a big mark for indie wrestling. I'm a huge, I've been in Reseda. I've been in that room. Have you ever been in that room? I mean, how far out are you from really thinking about PWG and Lucha Underground and NXT? Oh, I, is, that, uh, is that the goal? Yeah, I absolutely. I, I I would take any opportunity. Um, I would love to be at PWG right now. You know, I just. I don't know if the time's right or, you know, they get a lot of East Coast guys and not a lot of West Coast good. guys, so you never Looking know. Good. And um, can't really talk about it too much, but I did have some talks with Lucha Underground and stuff. Um, you never know in the future. And Would you put a mask um, on? Yeah, oh, yeah. I'd cover my ugly face. I don't care. I'll do whatever. But I, I would love to – I would actually – I would like to wear a mask. I think that would be a lot of fun. I just think now I kind of – it's a little too late to maybe do that, but – uh, yeah, that'd be great. And, you know, of course, I, like my goal is to be in a WWE. I, I want to be the best at this or the best I can be. And that's the place to be. So hopefully one day we'll, you never know. You know, you're light years ahead of the game, man. I mean, rookie of the year. I watched that breaking ground and you have w- way more than that Tino Sabatelli piece of shit. I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. I got I got stuff. They sign a lot of guys that just, they're not wrestlers. You know, they're, Ex NFL players or fitness models and bodybuilders and like I can't I couldn't it's really hard for me to watch a show like Breaking Ground because it's like they have guys on the show that they can't even do like front rolls you yeah. know they're assigned to NXT and WWE contracts and they can't do a forward roll you know and, and we're over here like breaking our backs and just to try to get an opportunity so I hope one day it'll it'll work out but uh, just right now I'm just gonna keep trucking along on the indie scene and. You know, trying to make a name for myself. I think that's good, man. And you know, I I want people to get an idea because I we haven't really set the tone of what it is you're like. So yeah, we've mentioned you're a smaller guy, but you're not like super small. You're not Rey Mysterio small. Yeah. Give them right, kind of right. uh like what are your top three moves that you like to do, uh, so that people at home if they they want to see it because here's the thing, it's all about giving the tease. You got to make sure that you give people something that they want to see. So now we know that you've got. The Limelight match, if you guys are listening to this, go immediately watch that match between Doug and Limelight because, holy shit, that's awesome. Um, but give us some more. What is it that makes people want to watch you? All right, so I'll, I'll say three moves. Uh, one of my big money makers is my uh, frog splash. Um, I, I'm really confident in my frog splash. I think it's probably one of the best you'll, you'll see. Uh, I have another big move I do. I do a uh, drop kick in the corner, and I get pretty damn high, and I just kick him right in the teeth. It's a good one. And my finishing move is the uh, pizza cutter. So that's the move everybody should come see. Yeah, because we all know what that is. <laughs> so the pizza cutter is like a, a vertical suplex, and then I do a, a RKO. 
Oh wow. It does look cool. I do. I will give you that. No, I just saw that in my head. I feel bad for like razzing you like that, dude. You <laughs> put me in my place with. Okay, all right. <laughs> that one's on me. That one's on me. Uh, I have yeah, to say this. Uh, those are those are good moves, and I think they are three very different moves that display uh, the nice athleticism that you bring to the ring. And I do have to ask you this because you know it's important to me talking, the ability to yeah. sell, the ability to market yourself. And I really can't help you on the athletic stuff because too much work. But what I can do is I can tell you how to improve what it is you're doing on the mic. So right here, right now, I'm going to put one minute on my, my cell phone right here. I want you to cut a promo at my expense. You have one minute to do this. And you know what? Here's the thing. I'm not even going to be able to interrupt you. I just have to listen oh, and hear what you've got. Okay. But please don't hold. Please don't hold back. You can do whatever you uh, need to do. No, I, I really need it. This is. I really need to hear this. All right, Doug. I've got one minute on the clock. Now here's the thing: if you fail at this, I get the opportunity to say whatever I want. So, you have Wait, one no, minute. How one-sided is this? Are you the judge? Can Absolutely. I judge this? At least you didn't you give me no. The, no, 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 no. What is this? What is this? California primary? What is it? Come on. <laughs> wow. I love the topical current political humor you've got there. That bodes hey, very that. well for your promo that you're about to cut here. Yeah, do oh, me a favor oh, and oh. add some more super delegates to this promo you're about to cut here, sir. I'm <laughs> sure that'll really go over well with the crowd. Hey, yeah, it'll here's go the thing. Great. It'll go great. The way this works is I'm going to Sylvester Stallone judge dread the shit out of this. I am the law, etc. One minute on the clock. Douglas, it's all you. All right. You know, I'm over here eating a slice of pizza, trying to enjoy myself, and I got this guy running his mouth. He won't shut up. Raph, I'm going to take you. I'm going to take your head. I'm going to rip it clean off. You see, you don't deserve to be in the ring with me. You don't deserve to be in the ring with the pound for pound, best athlete around, and the best in the West. You see, you're an amateur, you're a wannabe comedian, unfunny motherfucker who's going to get his ass whooped from pillar to post because I shoot the thrill and I play to kill. This is not a joke. This is not a game. I'm going to go back and eat my pizza and enjoy myself while you sit there and do nothing with your life because I am taking the world over one slice at a time. Now shove it. Well, yeah, you had 15 seconds there at the end there, champ, and you were just like, do I keep going? Uh, there was three really I good burns there, I though. I really know what to do here. Hey, you know what the important thing is that must be teaching over at Santino Brothers? Nah, you know what? It's not them. It's you. I know they're capable of good work. The rhyme scheme that you're using, you either need to pay Chael Sonnen or send a direct deposit over to Razor Ramon for that kind of braggadocio. I pay a monthly a, a monthly fee. You know, I pay for my Netflix, Hulu, and I pay Razor Ramon. And I really do find it interesting that you get to talk about all of this shit about pizza and then continuously referring to yourself as the pound for pound. And I'm always thinking to myself, I'm like, man, if I'm cutting a promo back at this kid, all I have to do is just look at him and be like, pound for pound. Oof, that's getting a loose definition each day. Jesus, man. Pretty soon you're putting a, a little stress on, on that. That, that wasn't good. Right Come on. Come on. That wasn't no, good. No, I really, really, really enjoyed him calling you out on what you do with your life. What I do that with my life? Be, oh, yeah, with your life. With the fact that nothing. I'm a comedian, I get paid, and I get more <laughs> people who watch me than watch him in his little basement. No, that's fine. I understand how that yeah. works. The important thing is, is what he's yeah. doing, this beautiful cadence that I'm starting to learn, too. I mean... Doug, I'll give you this. Yeah. On the Jericho scale of rankings, four. Okay. I four think... out of four, though. No, right? no, no, four no, out no, of four. no, no, no. It's, it's a Jericho oh, scale. Are you sure? Are you sure? Oh, okay. I think it was not bad. You know, I think you started strong. I think the important thing is we got to get you to land on a dime. If somebody gives you a minute's worth of television, you take that minute, sir, and you You're run right. with Absolutely. it until... You rock that shit till the wheels fall off. And especially if somebody says, you can make fun of this guy 
and they won't even be bothered by it, go. Go all in, sir. Don't agree with them. Push back. Don't agree with them. Push back. Right now. Do it. That's what it... <clears throat> Push back, Doug. You know what I'm saying, man? I'm going to come out and take you out, brother. No, I don't know, man. I'm just, you know, you're you're just an untalented man, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm just a way better person than you are. What can I say? So. It's good. That's almost that's almost enough to make that's me keep a straight that's, face. That's, yeah. Because it was genuine. That was no, genuine. I love the fact that he's like, I'm a so way better person. That. is definitely the type of dig that you would get at somebody that's like, I donate to charity more than you do. I do a lot of good deeds. I open doors for people. I'm just an, I'm just an honest person, and you're just a sack of shit. You know what I mean? It's not That's bad. That's a little bit better. We won't play on PG, but you know what I mean? Like We're yeah. working toward it. Like I said, 4 out of 10. But you know what? Work it's in, work in progress. progress. Work in progress. Work in progress, you know? indeed. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and call it for today. But, um, Doug, I can't thank you enough for coming through. I think... You know, as much as we give you shit, I think you've got a lot of potential to do some really great shit. And uh, I wouldn't give you any kind of remote shit if I didn't think you had that kind of potential. But I do. And uh, I know Mike's, uh, you know, he watched your match. He was impressed. And it's great to be able to see you do what it is you've always wanted to do. So uh, our thanks to you for stopping by, man. Can we do any shout outs for you before we get you on out of here? Yeah, I just want to thank you guys a lot for having me on, especially Mike. Not really you so much, but I just really want to thank you guys. Uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, follow me on Instagram at Douglas James Pro. You can find me on Facebook at Douglas James, Twitter at Douglas James Pro. Check out Santino Brothers Wrestling Academy. Um, yeah, a lot of big things. How do we, how do we book you? W- you can book me, you can message me through Facebook and message me through Instagram. That's how I do it. Uh, or at DouglasJamesPro at gmail.com. That works too. Um, get me booked, GMB. And yeah. Get those DMs Follow going. Me. Get those DMs. You know what uh, the nice thing about Facebook, uh, or more specifically Instagram is for our good friend Douglas here? What? That's about the amount of time it takes somebody to beat you in the ring. Hey, I guess what I'm saying is... Boom, indeed. Yep, Doug, again, we can't thank you enough. Uh, For all of us here at uh, Heel Section, we want to thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. On behalf of myself, Mike Stallings, Douglas James, thank you guys. We'll see you next time. You sweet man.